Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to be talking with one of the speakers from the SOAR 2023 conference as we share about this idea of being devoted to missions. And we'll introduce him in just a moment. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. As always, Central Baptist College will be at the SOAR conference, and you'll have a chance to meet some of those individuals who work with the school. And so I'd encourage you, if you're coming, be sure to connect with their team. But if you're not going to SOAR, as many of our listeners are all around the place, uh, be sure and reach out to them through their website, cbc.edu. CBC is challenging, engaging, and inspiring, and it's a a place where your students can grow in their faith as they take care of all those other educational needs. And so be sure to point them that direction, get connected with them yourself. There are a lot of great programs, cbc.edu. Well, again, as I mentioned at the very front, we're going to be talking with one of the speakers from the SOAR 2023 conference so that you'll have an opportunity to hear from him, get to know him a little bit better as we go forward. Jeremy Hambrice is our guest today. He is a missionary, and I'm just going to let Jeremy share a little bit about himself. So welcome to the podcast, Jeremy. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, Jeremy, we know that you're a missionary, and one of the things that I love about the SOAR Conference is they take the time to pull in a well, for lack of a better description, a real-life missionary, uh, to come and to speak to our students because they have an opportunity to see that a missionary is just a person who's made a commitment to serve in usually a different part of the world. Um, Normally, these are foreign missionaries. And so, Jeremy, tell us about your work, your ministry, and a little bit about your family. Uh, Glad to. I'm married. I'm from South Arkansas. I went to Grew up here in Magnolia, Arkansas, went to Southern Arkansas University, met a beautiful woman named Mandy. Uh, she's from South Arkansas as well. We ended up marrying one another, and uh, currently we have four girls all the way, 12 all the way down to three. And uh, 10 years ago, uh, we jumped on a plane uh, with two other families from Arkansas. We were headed to a country called Papua New Guinea. Our desire was to, to find a people group uh, who... Uh, had never heard the gospel, did not have one word from God written down in their language. We wanted to go learn their language, create an alphabet, translate the Bible, and teach it to them from beginning to end. And so 10 years ago, we got on a plane, left everyone and everything that we know, uh, landed in Papua New Guinea, eventually found this group of people isolated in the jungles called the Wantakia. Uh, We went and as best we could in the trade language that we had learned, we tried to communicate and told them, hey, we we want to come and live with you, learn your language, you know, put it in a written form, teach you how to read it. We have this message. It's written down in a book. 
Uh, it's about this God who created the universe. And uh, would you be interested in us coming and living with you and doing all those things? And as best they could, they heard all that and said, yeah, come. And so uh, our three families, we, we built three homes. We moved in uh, and began to live with the Wantakia people. Uh, they're, they're about seven or 8,000 in population. They live uh, in the Eastern Highlands province, way up 7,000 feet in the mountains. There's no road access. The only way to get to them uh, is by helicopter um, or hike for several days. And so uh, we, we moved our families out there and we began this incredibly difficult task of learning their unwritten language by God's grace over the course of about three years. Uh, we learned their language. Uh, then we began uh, the process of creating an alphabet uh, then we created a literacy school where we began to teach them how to read and write for the first time. And then once we had an alphabet, we were able to start to put uh, God's word into their language in a written form for the first time. It took us about two years to translate the scriptures that we felt were needed to explain to them the story of God. And so uh, three years learning their language, two years uh, preparing everything. Still at this point, we had never shared the gospel for one thing, we couldn't in the beginning, we couldn't even communicate it in an intelligible way to them without knowing their their native heart language. And so by God's grace, we did all those things. And finally, uh, after about five years, we were able to stand up, draw a crowd in our village. So there's there's 10 Wantakean villages. There's 10 villages that they all speak the same Wantakea language. And we, we've lived in one village called Pinji. Uh, this entire time. So the, the people of Pinji Village, uh, we told them that the the reason that we came, you know, we spent all this time go, going where you go and doing what you do that we told you from the beginning, uh, it's it's time. And so uh, we we stood uh, before our village and we opened up this this new book that was being translated into their language and read to them. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they got to hear about this incredible God uh, we could go quite into detail about what their beliefs were before that, but they they were told basically from their ancestors from their ancestors who were were basically told from Satan uh, just lies about where they came from and how they got there, why they exist, and what's going to happen to them when they die. Um, and so when we opened up the scripture, they were having to make choices on a daily basis: were they going to believe the stories of their ancestors, or were they going to believe the story of God? Uh, that they were now hearing for the first time. And God was so compelling to them. Uh, he was good as opposed to the evil spirit being that they were told that created the world and, and evil spirits and wanted to harm them. And they just saw this God from the beginning who was a creator, who loved them, who made things for them, who created man for a relationship. Uh, they heard all of this and they got to see, they, they had an, an ancestor in Adam uh, they thought he was awesome, and in the beginning of the story, they thought he was the hero, and they found out pretty quick that that, that wasn't the case. Uh, but they learned that they came from Adam, uh, that they were sinners, separated from God. Uh, they they heard the promise of God there in Genesis three fifteen that he would, you know, he would send someone to crush the head of the serpent. And so, as we took them from the beginning of the scriptures through the Old Testament, their hearts were being prepared for Jesus. They eventually got to hear about this promised one who came. He did everything that God said he would do. He accomplished the work. He said it was finished as he hung on the cross. And, uh, you know, they heard that gospel message in their own language. And on that day, uh, many of them uh, believed in Jesus and became a part of God's family. 
So basically for the last three years, we have been taking those people who have, who have believed this message and discipling them, training them. Uh, we've already uh, seen them reaching out to their families and friends. And we're hoping uh, within this next year that, that this new church is going to take this same gospel message to the next village and do the exact same thing that happened among them. And so basically we're in a, a point in ministry where we're training faithful men who can teach others. Also uh, they're, they're sort of taking our place as mm. the Bible teachers. Uh, we hope that happens in the next few years where the, the work of the ministry is completely in their hands and they are reproducing themselves uh, in the lives of others, not just in their village, but in the other villages as well. We're continuing to translate the, the New Testament, that's our goal. We have lots of Old Testament portions, but uh, our goal is to, to give them a complete New Testament. And uh, we, we hope to finish that, hopefully maybe in the next 10 years. It's a long-term project, uh, but sort of, yeah, that's what we do uh, there in Papua New Guinea, there in the jungle on that mountain with our Wantakia people. I just, I hear that and I think about, there's a phrase that, that Mark Clifton uh, uses. It's called tactical patience. Um, just having to to wait through that process of of learning the language, then translating the the right portions of scripture, and all the time going, okay, this is this the time yet to share? And I'm just, I love I love that story. I love the the story that that you're able to share. You know, one of of great life to them, and to hear that they they accepted and saw that for what it was truth. And so just an incredible thing. Well, Jeremy, you know, that is where you've been and what you've been doing. Um, As you look ahead in the days, are you headed back? What what does the the future hold for your ministry? Yeah, so our family has been here in the States for about a year. Uh, We're we're on what's called furlough or home assignment, this thing that rolls around every three or four years for a missionary where uh, he gets to come home. He and his family, they come home. Uh, they, they get to rest for a little bit. Um, but then they also have an opportunity to travel and share and speak about what God is doing in their lives and in the lives of the people that they serve. So we've been doing that this year, traveling and speaking in, uh, in churches and, and meeting with individual supporters and just getting to share this story of God's amazing grace and, and thank people for being a part of it. And so a part of that is just me getting to to speak at this year's upcoming SOAR conference. I'm excited to be there, which we'll talk about here and which you've already mentioned. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we have a date scheduled for August 7th. We're going to, we're going to have a couple months here to enjoy this summer and then we'll get back on the plane and head back over and, and keep going. Well, Jeremy, since this is your first time on our podcast, I'd love for you to share what I like to hear from many of our, our guests is how did you come to meet Jesus? How did he come into your life and, and make that initial change? Uh, Great question. I grew up in a Christian home. My mom and dad, they loved Jesus. Uh, They were faithful to teach me God's word in my home. They were faithful to to take me to church. Uh, I was about five or six years old in that context. uh, My sister, probably several weeks or maybe even a few months before, had trusted in Christ. And I had heard the gospel message for a long time. I understood uh, it's meaning, you know, I was a sinner separated from God. There's nothing I could do to save myself, but that Jesus, he did the work for me. But it was, I think when I saw my sister respond to that message, I, it was like it clicked and dawned on me that this message demands a response. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, anything I could do. It was just to respond in faith, you know, and I, I just remember in, the, in my home with 
with my parents, just responding to what Jesus did for me and letting them know, you know, I needed him and, and I believed who he was and what he did. And it wasn't, it was that that was just what it was for me, you know, just simple faith. And, uh, you know, Jesus has promised to, to, to not reject anyone who comes to me, comes to him. Man, I came and, and he took me in and I've been a part of his family ever since. Well, Jeremy, you know, one of the things we're, we're a podcast for the full-time, part-time volunteer student ministry worker. And so I always love to hear who invested in your life during your, your high school years. Sometimes it's a coach. Sometimes it's a youth pastor or just some other individual in the church. Who was it for you? Uh, man, I had, I had uh, lots of uh, Sunday school teachers and youth pastors, um, I, I grew up here at First Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. But to be honest, those guys were super faithful in their ministry. But my life, uh, even though, you know, there was that trust in Christ at a young age, I pretty much lived in me world uh, for most of my high school and college uh, life. Um, I was a believer. I wanted to follow Jesus. It's just that I kind of grew up in this this culture where it, it gets taught to us and, and this didn't, this didn't come from my parents or anything like that. Just a, I'm just a fish swimming in water, you know, that you get to choose your own path in life and sort of whatever you want to do, that's what you ought to do. And so for me, my dream for my life was to play professional baseball. That's all I ever wanted to do. Yeah. I grew up watching the Atlanta Braves on TBS and I wanted to be Chipper Jones. That was it. I wore his <laughs> number. I just watched him the way he would swing and throw and, run. I just I just tried to move and do everything that he did and be exactly like him. I had this sort of vision for my life. I, I tell people I sort of lived as though I kind of expected Jesus to follow me instead of me follow him. Mm -hmm. And so I took that, you know, I, I grew up going to church. I was in the youth group. That was a part of my life. And I, I, I wanted to follow Jesus, but it it just wasn't happening for me. I mean, my idea of being a Christian was wearing a cross necklace you know, underneath my jersey, writing across with a sharpie on the underneath the bill of my hat. Uh, I remember going to college, and you know, I was one of the only Christians on the team. So I, I went to SAU, Southern Arkansas University, here in Magnolia, and I went on a baseball scholarship. Like here, I was on my way to you know achieving this this ultimate goal of playing for the Atlanta Braves, and uh, I, I get this baseball scholarship, and I'm I, I still don't know what it means really to follow Jesus, but I remember just putting my Bible on the dash of my car and like just wanting people to know I was a Christian. I never opened it, read it. That wasn't really the point for me. It's just like outwardly. I mean, inwardly I was, but I wanted to be more outwardly. I didn't quite know some of these deeper truths of like Christ lives in me and, and I live by the power of his spirit and I, I live in dependence upon him and not seeking his kingdom. I'm, I'm pretty much building my own at this point. And uh, so all of this kind of came to a head for me my junior year. Of at Southern Arkansas University after my junior season playing baseball there, I got a call uh, June 7th, which was 2006. There was a professional baseball scout on the other end. Uh, he was a scout for the New York Mets. He called and said, Jeremy, we've selected you in this year's Major League Baseball draft, and we want you to come and play for us. And so uh, this was it. You know, it wasn't the Atlanta Braves, but the New York Mets would do. <laughs> and so uh, I, I signed on the dotted line. I left my college. Uh, Mandy and I were, were dating at this point. Left her, like we, we continued in our relationship, but like left her, my parents went away from home for the first time. And really when things started to change for me, 
was I met this teammate of mine. His name was Brandon. And I watched him for several days. This guy was different. He didn't live like Jesus was following him. He really lived like he was following Jesus. He would read his Bible every day, <laughs> like some novel thing to me. Like, wow, people <laughs> actually open that thing up and read it. But he read it. He read it like God had something to say to him. Uh, he would pray every day like God actually cared about him. I mean, like the smallest details of his life. Like I'm just doing my own thing. I never, you know, my thoughts aren't towards God or what his purposes are or his will is. And, and Brandon's like praying about you know, how he should spend his money. I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyway, you know, and so, uh, and Brandon, you know, I'm watching him. So we we're in some spring trainings together and he, there's, there's a clubhouse full of hundreds of minor league baseball players. And he's very intentional building relationships with them, sharing the gospel with these guys. And Brandon, he started to do, do those things with me, like read the Bible and pray and share the gospel. And, uh, in the context of that relationship, Jesus rocked my world, changed my life forever. And uh, my parents even could see that something different was starting to happen. I would call home. I would talk about the, the home run that I hit in the game that night. We, I'd be sharing about what happened in the locker room with this guy and how he responded to some sort of biblical truth or something like that. And so, um, man, God really used the game of baseball and in particular my relationship with Brandon to really – to really change my life. I love hearing everybody's story because it's always just so different how God uses the people in our lives. And it may be somebody in those junior high, high school years. Sometimes it's, it's a coach or a, an ABS leader or, you know, somebody along the way. And then for you, it was a friend that you met while you're pursuing your dream that pointed you to Christ in a way that you hadn't considered before. And so just great. Just great. Jeremy, um, we want to talk about SOAR 2023. As I mentioned, they like to bring in a real-life missionary, and so <laughs> you're that for this year, which is great, because the the subject that you'll be talking on is devoted to missions. And so kind of give us an idea where you're going to be taking us as we listen, um, where you're going to be pointing our students. Uh, what do you have in mind for us at, at the event? Yeah, a part of what I'm going to share is, is still too a part of my story. Um, so uh, we'll get to hear about some of these things that I mentioned here about how the Lord uh, really redirected my life from baseball, how I ended up leaving playing for the New York Mets to, to living in the jungle. But a major part of that was understanding the mission of God from the word of God. Now I grew up in the church um, hearing uh, missionaries come and share their stories and what they've done in the jungle and showing slideshows and, and all of that's great. And, 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 and I do those things. I, I share, you know, what God's done, but for me, the greatest impact and why I have spent and my family has spent the last 10 years of our lives serving God in the jungle is based on what God has to say in his word. And so uh, when we talk about being committed to the mission of God. So we're going to talk about how God is committed to lots of different things at SOAR conference. And, and one of those in particular for my session is the mission of God. Um, I couldn't think of any better way to explain why we should be committed to missions, but by showing that God is actually committed to his mission. And, and the way that I hope to do that is the way that that was shared with me. Uh, so there I was still playing uh, professional baseball, I ran into this guy named Hatley. 
Uh, Hatley knew all about what God's word had to say about the mission of God. He knew all about the way that the world existed, where the gospel had gone and where it hadn't gone. And then uh, he was really uh, challenging to me to ask the Lord what my role in, in that mission of God was. And the way that he opened the scriptures for me and explained them to me is the way that I hope to do it at SOAR Conference. Basically, you know, God in the very beginning of the scriptures, uh, starting in Genesis chapter 12, he approaches this guy uh, right after Genesis 11 when God confuses the languages of the world and spreads people out all over the face of the earth. So there's people spread out all over the earth who don't know God. They all speak different languages. And God comes to this one guy in Genesis chapter 12 named Abram. He makes this incredible promise to him. Uh, and then at the end of this promise of, of blessing Abraham so that he could be a blessing to others, uh, he says, and in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed or all the families of the earth will be blessed. And what God meant there was uh, through you, Abram, I'm going to send somebody who is going to be a blessing to every single people group on planet Earth. All the people that I just spread out that speak different languages, I'm going to use you and your family. And through you, someone is going to come who is going to be the blesser of all those peoples. And, and right there in Genesis 12, uh, we get the mission of God. God is, is on a mission. Uh, it didn't start in the beginning, uh, excuse me, it didn't start in the middle of the scriptures. It didn't start uh, with, you know, finally when Jesus came and he spoke to his disciples and he commanded them to go and do this. That wasn't the start of the mission. This thing started at the very beginning of the scriptures. This is like the hinge point right here. Uh, Genesis 12, like the rest of the Old Testament is pretty much Genesis 12 on repeat. Uh, God is going to bless the nations through the family of Abraham. And there's this one who's coming, who's going to do it. That scripture right there in Genesis 12 gets explained by Paul. Galatians 3, 8 says that God foreseeing that the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So what I hope to do is, 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 is sort of show that this promise that, that God made to Abraham this thing started all the way back and it works its way through the Old Testament. And finally, that one who who God promised to send, he does come. He does lay down his life for the sins of the world. And then his last words, we have like five different accounts of what Jesus said to his disciples. And, you know, usually someone's kind of last words before they leave people and go do something else or go some other place. So Jesus is leaving. He's going back to be with his father. And and the thing that he focuses on the most is this mission. It's not a new mission. It's the same mission that God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12. And he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Mm -hmm. The same word, the same wording, those same people groups who have not heard yet. Jesus says, I want you to go to them. Uh, and that has been the mission of God from Genesis 12, then to Jesus, now to us, the church. And really, uh, so, you know, there's the beginning of God's word. Here's the middle. Here's Jesus as the fulfillment of that. We have his clear commands, the clear marching orders. And the end of the story, Dan, is people in Revelation 7, 9, from all tongues, tribes, nations, and languages, they will be standing before the throne. They will be worshiping the lamb. And really the question for us is, here's God's story from beginning to end. He is inviting us to play a part in his mission and the, really the question for us is, do we want to be a part of it? 
do we want to sort of write our own story, uh, seek out our own purposes, that sort of thing? Or do we, we just want to be a part of the story that's already written? Do we want to be a part of the, the purpose of God? And so I believe that God is, is doing something in the world. He's making himself known to all peoples. And he desires for each person, no matter if they're a student, a student minister, whether they work at the bank or whatever they may find themselves doing, God wants people involved in that mission. Uh, and so the challenge for us uh, this year at SOAR is, is going to be, how do we how do we find out what God wants us to do? What ought we to do? What what are the things we could be doing uh, to be a part of that mission and seeing uh, Jesus known among all the nations of the earth? I'm excited to to hear you and our other speakers. Um, I think this is going to be a special time as we talk to our students about being devoted into a number of areas. But man, to the mission of God, what what a glorious partnership that we have. Uh, to be yeah. a part of. And so, That's right. well, you know, one of the things we would like to do, because this again is a, a podcast for the full-time, part-time, a volunteer student ministry worker, is we want to give some practical things. Um, I'm sure that somebody has listened and gone, hey, I like that. I'm going to share that with my students right there. They've gotten a practical tip. But uh, what are some things that we can do to help our students become more devoted to God's mission? I know that, you know, you, you mentioned yourself in your high school years, you were focused in on baseball and this dream of, of playing for the Braves. Um, and so it was more about me and then church was over here on this other side and your relationship with God was this other thing. So how can we help students uh, break through that sort of thinking and look towards God's mission as a part of their life? That's a good question. I like to think of it sort of in three areas when I think of the way really that that God introduced me to his mission there's there's three areas that I, I want I want to mention and then maybe some practicals in those three areas but uh, basically we're gonna really if, if someone's gonna to be involved in God's mission he's gonna have to know some things you know like people can't respond to information they don't have and um, you know like someone once said that I heard recently uh, you know the heart can't feel what the eye hadn't seen it's just like if we it's just the mission of God is not just intuitive to us. It like has to be presented to us that here's what God's doing in the world. Here's what the world looks like. And here's how you can be a part. So basically uh, these three areas would be this God's word, uh, God's world and God's work. And so uh, I, I like to present uh, God's word uh, in a, in a way where when we talk about the mission of God, uh, we can dive down and we should dive down into specific verses like the Great Commission. Uh, they really uh, expand light on what we should be doing uh, as it relates to the mission of God. But if, if a student doesn't see the mission of God from beginning to end as a whole story, that this is what God is doing. So sort of what I explained uh, just now from Genesis 12 all the way to Revelation 7, mm -hmm. like this yeah. thing that God is doing is bigger than you. If, if your life story doesn't include this story, um, if it's if you don't see your story inside of this bigger story, um, if your dream is some other dream that is not the dream of God, that his glory would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, uh, then really your dream is too small. I think students need to hear that like you. This is big and huge and 
and all consuming and you fit inside of that. So just inviting students. But practically, I think uh, I would as a as a student pastor, you have this rotation of kids every four years. You know, you, you get this new group of students. And I would say within that time frame, I would uh, at some point present to them the mission of God as a, a whole story from beginning to end. There's some awesome resources out there for that. All of what I'm saying here uh, could be found uh, on a website uh, from a, an organization called The Traveling Team, thetravelingteam.org. Uh, they would give you resources to uh, understand God's word in this way just for yourself, uh, first of all, and then and, and then ways to present it to, to those you minister to. Um, so I would start there. I would I would be, you know, get acquainted with God's word for myself in that way and then seek to help my students understand God's word. Uh, the next thing I would I would want to have them understand is God's world. You know, like how many language groups are there on planet Earth? How many have yet to hear the gospel? I would have maps in my student room or wherever I teach. We would we would have God's world before us. We would know like terms like the 1040 window, you know, this place, you know, 10 and 40 degrees latitude or longitude. I can't remember, but basically this this box, this imaginary box on the world, which represents North Africa, the Middle East and over into Asia of like where the, the majority of the unreached people groups live, like our students, they have to know those sort they will never respond to being involved in the mission of God without knowing what God's word says, without knowing what the world looks like, like being burdened for the world, uh, you know, and, and a part of that w- would be um, understanding, you know, verses like Jesus says, the harvest, it's plentiful, uh, but the laborers are few. And so understanding the world, but then understanding what it means to be involved in God's work. So like God's word, God's world, and then the work, like what ought we to be doing? And so one of the first things Jesus said when he said that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, he said, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into the harvest. So there's this work that we can enter into. I would want my students to understand that it's more than just going. Like you could totally be involved in what God's doing in the world without ever stepping foot on foreign soil. Uh, A huge part of that would be praying for missionaries, for the laborers who are already there, praying for more laborers, uh, praying for uh, these unreached people groups or the people groups where we have missionaries serving among. Um, I would be like whenever we meet Wednesday night, man, I'd have some sort of missions moment where we we take a, a place in the world and we put it before our students. We pray about it or what? Man, you can just go in lots of directions with this. Yeah. But if it's not before your students on a con- continual basis, then uh, they they won't. They, they just can't respond with information they don't have. And so um, I would be presenting God's world in that way. And then God's word, praying and giving, man, they don't have any money, but man, they could, you know, they mow a yard. What do they do with that money? There's all kind of things, preparing them as they go into college, just understanding international students, how God is bringing the nations to us, mm-hmm. uh, being prepared and ready to meet people from unreached people groups from China or India who are going to be on your college campus. You don't even go to China and you get to be a part of reaching China if you were ready for that. Like I went to college. I never even saw it wasn't there were hundreds of international students there. I never even saw because I 
I wasn't ready to see them. And so just having my eyes open to some of those things, but then obviously going is a part of the task. And I would challenge each one of my youth students to, to go on a mission trip uh, in some, in one summer of their, their high school uh, time. Uh, this man, you get what, three or four summers as a high school student. Uh, I know you're busy playing baseball or doing whatever you got going on, but I would, I would have this mission of God from his word, his world. And we're talking about his work. Uh, you know, our, our association here, the BMA, I know all listeners are not a part of that, but the SOAR conference, there's going to be an opportunity presented uh, for uh, short-term mission trips uh, for all the students who are there at SOAR, uh, VSM, Volunteer Student Mission. Uh, I would be pushing that as a student pastor and, and maybe – or, or whatever else your church already has going on, I would be challenging my students at least one time to go and see the world um, and let God speak to your heart in that way. Well, Jeremy, you've given us uh, a lot to think about, but you've also in, made us uh, aware of the one of the big things is that unless as the student ministry worker in our church, if we're not sharing this with our students or if our lead pastor or the other staff members aren't talking about these things, our students just aren't going to know. Uh, we are that that voice, and we need to be sharing information with them so that they can be aware of of all these things, things that they need to learn, things they need to be involved with. Um, so I'm I'm excited. I always love that VSM. It's a midnight meeting, is what they've had over the years, and it's it's late, and students come and they're excited about the possibility of serving for just really um, you know. 10 days to two weeks, but that, that little trip can change their life. Um, both of my kids have, have gone through and been on a, a short-term mission trip. Um, they have seen Romania, they've seen Peru, uh, just incredible of what God is doing around the world. And so, uh, Jeremy, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, if someone has questions about your ministry, or would like to just ask some questions about what you'll be talking about, maybe just connect with you briefly, what's one of the best ways for them to do that? Feel free to look me up on Facebook, send me a Facebook messenger uh, message. Uh, you can email me as well. I don't know if that's the best. Yeah, my email is just Jeremy. Uh, you, you can probably find the way my name's spelled uh, in the in the podcast notes, but Jeremy underscore Hambrice at N-T-M dot O-R-G. Send me an email. Uh, I'd love to respond, interact with you on some of these things. And uh, man, we're really looking forward to being at SOAR uh, and maybe getting to meet some of you listeners in person and, and talking about these things in person. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And, and listener, I hope that you picked up a few things as you're talking with your students about missions and this idea of being devoted to God's mission. It's uh, not always easy. Um, students have a lot of different things on their plate things that parents may be pushing them toward. Uh, but man, share with them the message of Jesus and the great, exciting work that God can and is doing around the world. And so we'll keep doing that. We'll keep teaching our students, loving on them, caring about them, all because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.